HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome back to Heritage Radio Network on tour live at Slow Food Nations in sunny, sunny Denver. I'm Hannah Forden, the program manager at HRN. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, we're about to jump into a new interview, but first we want to thank our generous sponsors who have made our coverage and journey here from Brooklyn possible. Um, and those are the Julia Child Foundation for Gastronomy and the Culinary Arts. Big Green Egg and Hearst Ranch, and of course, our friends here at Slow Food Nations for having us once again for the third annual Slow Food Nations. We just love it here so much. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar, Heritage Radio Network is an independent nonprofit food radio station based in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Uh, we have 35 weekly shows, of which this is one. So check out our coverage. It's all about food, drink, agriculture, all that good stuff. So I want to welcome our special guests. Um, we are joined by Sarah Palke, who is the Senior Marketing Manager of Community Engagement and Events at Whole Foods Market. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. And we're also joined by Lentine Alexis, who is the Culinary Director of Cured in Boulder and is also a Chef Ambassador with Whole Foods Market. Um, welcome. Thank you. Yes. Um, so ladies, um, I know Whole Foods Market has a really awesome activation here at Slow Food Nations. Sarah, can you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing this weekend? We've been staying busy and <laughs> trying to stay dry. Um, it's been really great. This festival is fantastic. It's really well run. Um, and we've got to have a few different touch points throughout the footprint of the event. Um, so it's been a lot, really great to interact with our vendor partners and then the, the attendees to the event and kind of hear their story and their journey um, through food. Excellent. Um, and Lentine, tell us a little bit about um, Cured, uh, where you work in Boulder, and the work that you also do with Whole Foods. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm the culinary director at Cured Boulder, which is a small specialty market, basically. We have a really robust um, catering arm, but really, if you want to come and visit us in Boulder on Pearl Street, we have a beautiful selection of cheeses from small purveyors found all over the world, and charcuterie, and we have um, you know this this catering arm I'm talking about we're using all local foods grown here in Boulder and so I'm really proud to to pioneer that pioneer I'm not really pioneering it but I'm driving all the recipes and and thoughts through food at that location and that pairs well with um, with the work that I do for Whole Foods in the sense that uh, we are upholding the highest standards of um, 
curation basically. Uh, so whether we're buying pantry items that we're using for for some sort of large-scale event, or we're purchasing a small cheese or you know a very small quantity of carrots, um, the work that I do is all about choosing the highest quality ingredients no matter where I'm working. Awesome. Um, so Sarah, going back to you, um, a big part of what you do with Whole Foods Market is community engagement. And I think food festivals like Slow Food Nations are such an amazing way to connect with people, um, to see what consumers are, are looking for and excited about. Um, I'd love to hear about what is so special about Slow Food Nations and how it aligns with Whole Foods Market's values, um, yeah. which I think are very much informed by this movement. Yeah, I, it's, we're definitely, um, I think, you know, going in the same direction, um, food equality and um, access to healthy food is are two of our main priorities. Um, and then I think local, local's yeah. um, a big point um, that Whole Foods cares about and wants to support and being an incubator to continue to grow brands. Um, and then I think just hearing the different things, like talking to some of our vendor partners and hearing what flavors people are really interested mm. in their products, because um, that's great. It helps us kind of feed what the next wave of trends is. Um, and this is the touch point. These are the people making the decision of what comes next. So it's great to have that face-to-face -face contact um, and hear their stories. And then I think helping people understand why it's important to know where your food comes from, why it's important to care about sustainability practices in agriculture and in farming. And um, this is a really great place to tell that story. Right, and I know it's very important um, to Whole Foods Market to engage with the local communities that the stores are based in, um, and you're based here in Denver, yes. um, and I know I know from my own Brooklyn Whole Foods, they have uh, produce from New Jersey and upstate New York and urban farms in the city. Um, I'd love to hear about some of the vendors that you work with locally that you're really excited about. Um, yeah, we have been lucky enough in our lounge space that we here have at Slow Foods um, to be able to highlight some of our really hyper-local vendors. Um, everything from ice cream today, since it's Ooh. National Ice Cream Day. Um, and then even like Jackson's Honest Chips, which is a brand that probably even in Brooklyn you guys know um, that we've been part of their mm -hmm. journey um, and growing their brand. So it's, fu it's fun to see um, Pika Floor. Um, I can see them. They're fantastic. They're fermented hot sauces and vegetables. Um, but they have a farm that you can go and look and feel and touch and be a part of their story from literally it coming out of the ground until it hits the shelves of the thing. So I think that those are the fun stories. And I haven't met a vendor that's in Whole Foods that I haven't been like amazed by their story. It's just always cool and it's so much of a passion project. To get a product on the shelf is a tough journey. Um, so you have to really care about what you're doing. Absolutely, and I think at HRN, we speak to people on every side of the food chain, so from farmers to uh, producers, bakers, chefs, retailers, um, and for small small food producers, um, retailers really are their, some of their biggest advocates, yeah. and, and, and chefs as well. We've been talking a lot about how chefs are ambassadors, but I think mm -hmm. for retailers, and Lentine, it sounds like you're also working in the retail space, you're the ones who are pioneering these small brands. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm curious, Lentine, how you kind of found your way into um, this, this world, and how you built your relationship with Whole Foods. Yeah, sure, that's a good question. Um, I... Well, to start with how I found my way into the food world, yes. I was a professional endurance athlete before I became a chef, and I was living abroad, and um, this was quite a few years ago, and there were no quote-unquote packaged products for me to be able to fuel like a 120-mile bike ride or a marathon with, so I had to 
find something that was going to do that. And um, I had always been naturally curious about cooking and particularly baking. And so I started kind of crafting in my own kitchen things that I would be able to take with me on these long runs and rides and ex explorations, um, which in a place like that, I had all these recipes that my mom had made and I was craving things like big muffin tops. <laughs> and as it turns <laughs> you out, those carbs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As it turns out, you can't make a muffin top without gluten. And I wasn't able to find very many glutinous flours in the Asian country where I was living. So wow. uh, I needed to know more about the science about how this thing happened. So I went to culinary school and studied pastry and um, realized quickly that I was not able to live the active lifestyle that had inspired me into the food world by being a pastry chef at a Michelin starred restaurant. And so I left the formal culinary world and kind of leapt out into um, the wellness space. I started doing a lot with sport doing in the outdoor industry and um, worked for a sports nutrition company for a little while. And then in the past few years have really started to find, you know, as my athletic life changes, I don't race anymore, but I still do a lot in the sport industry and still do a lot outdoors. The way that I think about food has changed and with so much discussion about climate change, there's a lot that I can do as a chef to make choices that impact the world around us and shopping locally is for sure one of those things. Actually, I'm able to, in Boulder, I'm able to use local, in, local produce kind of from April to, or really it's more like May to November. And that's an amazing it's opportunity. It's quite a growing season. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah. So, um, so recognizing that I have the power to make those choices and talk about those as a chef and as, an, as a busy person who doesn't necessarily have a lot of time to, you know, I, I am a chef and I have some talent in that, but, but I am making choices with zero time budget to spend. Um, so as, as most of us as are. As most of us I, are, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that's why having um, chefs who can help us, ins inspire us to have like manageable goals of, yeah. of uh, cooking for ourselves and finding out yeah. um, healthful and ecologically friendly food is so important. Totally. Yeah. Well, so that's where actually my relationship with Whole Foods comes in, in that I don't have a farmer's market available to me all year. And there are certain ingredients that I eat all the time that don't come from my backyard. I eat avocados. Those don't come from Colorado. Bananas. There are a lot of pantry items that I have brands that I like and brands that I trust, and I know that I can get those at Whole Foods. And so um, recognizing that to fill my life and my belly with ingredients that I trust and value means marrying those two things together. Yeah. And speaking of brands we trust, um, as I mentioned at the top of the at the show, um, one of our amazing supporters and one of our longest standing supporters, Heritage Radio Network is celebrating our 10th anniversary wow. this year, which is really exciting. And one of the companies that has been so supportive of our vision and with us every step of the way and actually helped us source uh, our shipping container studios um, is Hearst Ranch. Um, which is a, we have a common, common relationship with them. Yes. And Sarah, I'd love to hear, um, I think Hearst Ranch is such a great example of a brand that Whole Foods has, has supported and is doing things a really, really special way. At Slow Nations, we talked a lot about the impact that meat has on the environment. Yeah. And um, Hearst is, they're really doing it in a way that's conscious and, and supporting the natural ecosystem. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, they are a fantastic partner and it's fun because I've gotten to interact with them both as like a local vendor um, for a new store that we just opened in Malibu. Um, they came out on site and grilled some burgers and were part of it. Um, and it was really neat, but then also because I've worked for Whole Foods in other regions where they're also selling their products. So I've interacted with them as a national brand and then as like the local ranchers coming out to grill. 
Um, and you know, the grass-fed beef is, is unmatched, um, and they really care about the earth, and they, they do the steps to, to be doing the right thing for the animal, for the environment, and for us as consumers who, who are you know, eating that meat on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just fun to see, and I think they, I think sometimes when people walk into Whole Foods and we have this great animal welfare rating that we try to make really simple, it's one through five, five plus, um, but you don't always know what it means to get to step one, and it's over a hundred steps that they have to take to even be ranked on that chart. Um, and the fact that like they're doing that um, every day—it's—it's it's a conscious choice, and it takes time and money and effort to get there and keep that sustainable. So, Absolutely. they're a fantastic partner. Yeah, and and kind of piggybacking on that, um, we we've talked. I know we spoke about it last year at, at Slow Food Nations. Um, we uh, about labels. And I think, you know, you're a, a very visible grocery store that I think a lot of people look to for guidance yeah. of um, what sort of businesses they should be supporting. And um, there's a lot of confusion about how foods are labeled. So we're talking about grass-fed, and there's, there are companies like Hearst Ranch that, when they say grass-fed, like, those cows are outside. They're <laughs> out in the pasture. They're wandering around. Those are, like, the happiest, healthiest cows. But a lot of other companies can put that same label on their meat, and it doesn't mean the same thing. Right. So how do you help your customers sort through all of that noise it is hard i think that's one of the the nicer things about shopping at whole foods is we've done a lot of the work for you um when you walk into the store because you know there's no artificial color no artificial flavor some of those things that you you keep hearing about and you're like i don't know how to avoid it Mm -hmm. you walk into whole foods you don't even have to look at it not that you shouldn't still look at ingredients um transparency is a big important piece of the whole foods journey the last 40 years um, so I think, you know, knowing that words like natural don't necessarily mean what you want them to mean. Um, so kind of looking past kind of those buzzwords and digging in a little bit. Um, there's some great um, third-party people that verify things are gluten-free, things are grass-fed. Um, you know, so I think having, having help kind of getting past the buzzwords yeah. is really where you need to dig in. And we try to label things um, as clear as possible both in packaging and then our signage in store obviously is important to help our guests um, navigate through through what they're looking for. If it's you know ingredients you're trying to avoid or a diet you're trying to to, to abide by, if it's paleo or gluten free or or any of those, um, we're there to help. And our team members are wildly passionate about that and and are great sources um, from talking to. If it's at the butcher counter and you're like, I want this piece of meat, but I need it this, and they're they can cut it, debone it, marinate it, smoke it, all of that. Just, you just have to ask. Absolutely. I think having an educated staff is so important. Mm-hmm. And, and Lentine, I'm sure you can speak to this as well. <laughs> Working in, on a retail on a smaller scale and also in catering, um, developing that, how do you develop that vocabulary amongst your team to be yeah. able to be a resource? Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, kind of to progress your previous question, the the idea of how do you how do you do away with those labels and just the knowledge, just knowing that you're going to a place where they have the knowledge, and even I myself find myself at the Whole Foods counter asking questions about, hey, tell me more about this purveyor, or where did this come from, or how did you get it, and, and what's the process behind it, and um, going to another location to pick something up, you're not going to have that opportunity to ask that question, and so that information is lost. It's really mm-hmm. difficult to determine you know, what you're actually getting, and, and there's a lot to know, and, um, and 
you know, we were speaking earlier today about how there are a lot, nourishing your body is about more than just the nutrition. It's also about so many other ingredients and the emotions behind what it is that, you know, the, the emotions behind the producers that are bringing our food to our tables and the way that we allow time and space and energy and all of that is all, all goes into the food. So yeah, it's, it's a big picture. It's yeah. a very big picture. <laughs> um, so Lentine, you mentioned that you are working on a cookbook. Um, tell me about that. Is yeah. it um, related to the sort of knowledge that you had to gather as an, a, a, an athlete who was also cooking? <laughs> tell me everything. Yeah. So, um, the cookbook is going to be written for active people, but basically, you know, the the one of the words that we're toying with right now are kind of like overachievers because it doesn't really matter that much whether you're going on a 50-mile bike ride or you're uh, starting your own business. Like, this is a hustle that you have mm-hmm. chosen, and as it turns out, um, the nutrition that you need to do that thing isn't that different, although you may choose different ingredients depending on what you're up to. So probably I need more carbohydrates if I'm going to ride 50 miles than you might if you're starting a business, but you still need to fuel your body in the most basic ways similarly. So so that's the angle is we're going to talk about nutrition for active lifestyles and um, and high-achieving people that's in a lo-fi manner. So it'll be all real whole food-based and we'll debunk a lot of myths about what quote-unquote healthy food is and we'll talk about how to kind of return to what your body's asking for, really learning to listen to um, to the macronutrients and the subtle minerals and other cues your body is giving you about types of things that it needs. Flavor will be a big driver. Um, I have a background in Ayurveda, and so I'm going to weave a few of those ideas in. Um, So so it's a big piece. (laughs) We'll have 150 recipes. Wow. um, And and really a guide to creating a, a cooking practice that suits a busy lifestyle. That's so nice to hear because I think one thing that can be confusing about the the big overarching wellness yeah. space is that a lot of these these diets or lifestyle choices can can feel like it's one size fits all totally that like this is the this is the thing that's going to change your life <laughs> this is the thing that's yeah. going to make everything better and just cut this one thing out or right. like just choose to do not do that and it's, it's it's totally ignores the fact that really you know it kind of all comes back to the quality of the food that you choose makes right. a really big difference and mm-hmm. if you're <laughs> like the image that comes to my mind is if you are like overworked and stressed out and you unwrap a vegan paleo gluten-free burrito and you eat it over your countertop like that's not actually wellness <laughs> that doesn't make it healthy no, <laughs> that's not a healthful meal <laughs> but if you you know embrace the fact that you're going to go to a, somebody like Whole Foods and buy a couple of ingredients that are pre-made and then you're going to make a few components yourself and you're going to sit down and maybe you're still eating over the kitchen counter or at the sink, but you have made a completely different choice. Um, that's what this book will be really all about. That's really exciting. And when can we expect to see that? Uh, we have a little while. The The book will be released in, in uh, the spring of 2021. Congratulations. Thanks so that's much. That's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Lentine's um, journey is part of the reason we're so excited to have her as a partner, is she makes ingredients and recipes really attainable and easy to understand, and then you can use it as a touch point. Like, we had a really great conversation, and she was like, I don't want somebody to have to go to my book to, like, make this exact recipe, so she is really great at providing, like, here's here's a how you get from the 
the ingredients yeah, to the, the end blueprints. and then you can figure it out with the ingredients you have but like here are the key pieces to it yeah. um so it, and that's what you got to do today with us um yeah. on the demo stage and it, people responded to, to oh, it really well thanks. because it is achievable it's not mm -hmm. i don't feel like i have to go buy this one weird spice to like yeah. be successful at this dish totally it's blueprints and right. stra and strategies that work for yeah. you know here's some things i know how to do i don't know how to do these other things but i got this She's a busy lady, up. so she she does it in her <laughs> all time, right? <laughs> so it's really true, yeah. That's fantastic. Well, um, we are just about out of time, but I want to thank Sarah Palke and Lentina Alexis you. for the work you're doing to empower eaters yeah. and home cooks. I think it's really important. Um, so thank you so much. Sure, thank um, you. Thanks for and having us. Thanks again. We we already shouted out Hearst Ranch um, as one of our supporters who made our coverage here possible. So thanks again to them as well as the Julia Child Foundation for Gastronomy and the Culinary Arts and our friends at Big Green Egg and Slow Food Nations for having us. We are so happy to be here and we will be back with more interviews. So don't go away. I'm Hannah Forden. Stay tuned. <laughs>